acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, history enthusiasts. You get not one, but two events in history today. Heads up that you also might hear two different hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. With that said, on with the show. Welcome to this day in history class. It's July 26th. Liberia declared its independence on this day in 1847, making it Africa's oldest republic. And Liberia occupies a complicated place in African history. It is very widely cited as the only African nation never subject to colonial rule, but that's not entirely accurate. It's definitely true that it wasn't subject to white colonial rule in the way that its neighbors were. The continent of Africa is huge. It's incredibly diverse, home to an enormous collection of peoples and cultures, all with their own social systems, their own art, their own cultures, their own languages. Literally thousands of languages exist and have existed for thousands of years on the continent of Africa. During the scramble for Africa in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, Major European powers basically divided up the continent in this rush to try to claim territory and resources and basically drew their own map of what Africa should look like without really talking to any Africans about it. That's what people usually think of when they hear colonial rule in the context of Africa, and Liberia was definitely different from that. Liberia was founded as a home for the formerly enslaved population of the Americas. But like the rest of the continent, West Africa, where Liberia would be established, was already home to its own cultures, its own peoples, people with their own beliefs, their own art, their own languages. Again, here's what happened. 
In the years before the Civil War in the United States, there was one prevailing mode of thought that Africans and their descendants either couldn't or shouldn't assimilate with white society. And people who held this view were really all over the map in terms of their feelings and thoughts about race and slavery. There were Black abolitionists and other Black leaders who thought that they and other Black people would be better off if they went back to Africa. There were white abolitionists who thought that that was what would be best. They had sort of a paternalistic view toward the enslaved people and thought that it would be better for them if they went back to Africa. And then there were people, both slaveholders and non, who were just motivated by racism. And they they thought if Africans weren't going to be in the United States to be enslaved anymore, that they should just go and get out. So all of these people with these and other viewpoints were united in this overall thought that there needed to be a colony in Africa to receive these formerly enslaved people, Africans and people of African descent. They formed organizations to try to do this, and the most famous was the American Society for Colonizing the Free People of Color of the United States, also known as the American Colonization Society. In this and in most of the other organizations that were dedicated to this cause, pretty much all of the leadership were white. In 1816, the American Colonization Society started trying unsuccessfully to buy land in what's now Liberia to establish this home for the formerly enslaved. It took them five years to convince local African leaders to let them take possession of some land along the coast that would eventually become the Liberian capital of Monrovia. Monrovia is actually named for President James Monroe, who convinced the government to provide some more funding for this project. For about 20 years, people continued moving from the Americas and the Caribbean, uh, and the American Colonization Society was heavily involved in the administration of this colony. About 15,000 African Americans wound up immigrating to Liberia during this time. Things progressed from there, and then Joseph Jenkins Roberts, who was a black man from Virginia, proclaimed Liberia to be an independent republic on July 26th of 1847. There had been some talk uh, within the American Colonization Society and elsewhere about maybe trying to wean Liberia off of aid from the United States and from these organizations. Other nations formally acknowledged Liberian independence over the next couple of years, and while the United States did to an extent, it wasn't until 1862 that they really officially did so. So it's really not completely accurate to say that Liberia was free from colonial influence. White Americans were heavily involved in its creation and its founding. The original Constitution was modeled after the United States Constitution Its first president was from Virginia, and for a long time, its official currency was the American dollar. In its early years were marked by ongoing conflicts between the indigenous African population and Black colonists from the Americas. Some of these divisions are still ongoing today. They've never really been uh, addressed. And while the indigenous population was in the majority during this time, Americo-Liberians, that was the people from the Americas that moved to Liberia, they were completely controlling the government. They controlled the government completely for decades. Today, Americo-Liberians make up about 5% of Liberia's population, while 16 other indigenous ethnic groups make up the rest. So that's a very brief story of Liberia. 
Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research on today's episode, and to Tari Harrison for editing work on all of these episodes. You can learn more about Liberia in the September 4th, 2013 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class, which is actually on Thomas Morris Chester, who was a war correspondent. And you can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for the 65th anniversary of an armistice. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place 
for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi, I'm Eves. And welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was July 26, 1887. Uno Libro, the first book to describe the international language of Esperanto, was published in Warsaw. Esperanto is now the most popular international auxiliary language in the world. International Auxiliary Languages, or IALs, are relatively simple and easy-to-learn languages created to facilitate communication between people who do not have any other languages in common. IALs have been criticized as being useless because of the use of English as the international language of business. But IALs are designed to be additional, culturally neutral languages that people use to make international communication easier. So Rousseau, an auxiliary language based on musical notes created in the 19th century, was one of the first to gain widespread attention. In the late 19th century, the auxiliary language Volapük also gained a large following around the world. Polish physician and oculist L. L. Zamenhof grew up in what was then the Russian Empire. He saw how much ethnic and religious conflict was happening when he was growing up, including anti-Semitic violence. In a letter to Nikolai Borovko, Zamenhof wrote about the division between Russians, Poles, Germans, and Jewish people in the town where he was born and grew up, and how each group spoke its own language and viewed other groups as enemies. He said, The diversity of languages is the first, or at least the most influential, basis for the separation of the human family into groups of enemies. Zamenhof spoke several languages, and as he began to believe that a common language could help promote peace and unity, he decided to construct a language that would bring people together. While he was studying medicine in Moscow, he worked on Esperanto and he attempted to standardize Yiddish, though he later gave up his efforts on Yiddish. Esperanto was the language that Zamenhof would continue to develop. The word Esperanto means one who hopes. Zamenhof translated literature into Esperanto and wrote original works in the language. When Zamenhof was ready to publish the first book on Esperanto after he'd worked on it for years, the Russian Empire was censoring all books. First, a book had to be permitted to publish based on a manuscript. Then, once the book was printed, the authorities had to grant a permit to release it. Authorities allowed the book, titled International Language, to be published on June 2, 1887, and it was allowed to be released on July 26. The next version published was the Polish one, released on September 6. Zamenhof published the book under the name Dr. Esperanto. He used his wife's dowry to publish and promote his book and language. Though the language was initially called the international language, early adopters were fond of the name Esperanto. 
the title Unua Libra was retroactively applied to the first book. At this point, Esperanto was made up of about 900 roots and affixes that could form 10,000 to 12,000 words. The vocabulary of the language was taken mainly from the Romance languages. Some words also came from Germanic and Slavic languages. The grammar of the language resembles Chinese and Turkish. Dua Libro, or Second Book, was published in 1888, and Fundamento de Esperanto, or Foundation of Esperanto, was published in 1905. 1905 was also the year that the first World Congress of Esperanto was held in France. After World War I, it was proposed to the League of Nations that Esperanto should be the body's working language, but the French delegate was the only one to reject the proposal. Stalin's Soviet Union viewed Esperanto as an international spy organization. Hitler said it was a Bolshevist plot in Mein Kampf. Esperantists were executed in the Holocaust. Italy, on the other hand, embraced Esperanto to a degree because of the similarities it had with Italian. Conscientious objectors in Britain during wartime, anarchists, and socialists in China and Imperial Japan studied Esperanto. Esperanto supporters have included names such as Helen Keller, Leo Tolstoy, and J.R.R. Tolkien. Though it had mixed reception, with some embracing it and others mocking and even persecuting people for it, Esperanto grew in popularity in the 20th century. Other languages were developed from and branched off of Esperanto. Esperanto publications and groups formed around the world and it is still used as a first and second language around the globe. The World Esperanto Congress still takes place annually. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there's something that I missed in an episode, you can share it with everybody else on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. See you same place, same time tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 